Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I am Chris Witt, and with me, as always, is Mr. Adam Schmidt. Adam, how are you today, sir? No, I'm fantastic. How are you? But I'm doing great. I got to tell you, I'm doing great because we've got a guest with us today that is going to talk about my favorite team. Mm-hmm. He is uh, the beat writer for the Xavier Musketeers for the Cincinnati Enquirer slash USA Today. He is uh, he is a high school record division one high school record holder. He is a uh, career long career great bullpen catcher and uh, just all around great guy. Adam Baum, how are you today, my friend? I'm great, man. I gotta say that's uh, one of the more stirring introductions I think I've ever gotten <laughs> on a podcast. So we're all, we're off to a great start already. I love it. How many times? How many times does Tony Pike reference your high school athletic career? Huh? huh? Not enough, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I mean, come on. Tony might have been the starting quarterback at Reading and went on to be the starting quarterback and and uh, you know playing in an Orange Bowl or whatever the heck he played. What was that? A Fiesta Bowl or whatever bowl he played in? But but he doesn't hold a candle to Adam Baum. I appreciate that very much. You know, I think I think Tony's still a little bit sour that. You know, we stole Ramsey. <laughs> That's right. From we stole all of Ramsey's kids from mm-hmm. Redding. We, we we even stole Tony Pike's little brother from Redding. That's right. That's right. Redding would have about you eight state he, championships. He doesn't want to bring that up. <laughs> he doesn't ever want to talk about that. All you hear about are the the weird hole in the wall bars him and his buddies go to. <laughs> How did we get on trashing Tony Pike? I like that guy. I love Tony <laughs> Pike. I'm not trashing oh, Tony, him. That was my Tony's fault. the best. Yeah, no. If he if he heard what we just said, he would get a laugh. Oh, he'd be cracking yeah. up for sure. He definitely yeah. would be. He's a good human. So, Adam, let's jump into this, man, because you are getting ready to fly into New York. When do you leave for the NIT semifinals? I leave Monday morning. Yeah, I booked all my travel today. I, you know. I'm ready to roll, dude. I wasn't – I honestly, I was not expecting this. I didn't think that that this was a, something I'd have to be doing. Um, but here we are. And, and honestly, it's pretty exciting too because I've, I just thought with everything that happened, with the way that the regular season and the Big East tournament ended, um, I didn't know that they'd even accept an NIT bid. And I certainly didn't think that they would win three games in a row in the NIT. So, But here we are. I, I totally agree with you. So, uh, I'm a diehard Xavier fan, been my whole life, season ticket holder. You're at every game. You got to see the way this team played. I totally agree. Nobody was expecting this. Let's start off with the fact that they went to the NIT. You, I believe in an article you wrote, you said that um, it was Zach Freeman that kind of stepped up and made it clear that, they, that, that the, the players were not done playing. Did, did they really leave it up to the players in that case? Or is that something that the coaches are like, okay, we will, we will play, but we'll, we'll make it seem like we're leaving it up to them. It doesn't <laughs> seem like something you would just leave up to the players. They're going to keep playing as long as they can. Yeah, so my understanding is that, that the players voted on it and they wanted to play. And I don't think that um, based on the conversations that I had, I think that within Xavier's administration and within their staff, I didn't think that they felt comfortable telling their student athletes, Hey, you, there's this thing that you guys want to play in and we're not going to let you play in it. I I just think that 
if your guys want to play in something, um, and you know, on the same token, when all of this transpired on Sunday night, um, selection Sunday, I think a part of them were like, you know, a lot of these guys we hope are coming back to play at Xavier next year. If they want to play in the NIT and we tell them no, how is that going to work with our roster next year? Because now, you know, now there's no sit out rule. You don't, if you transfer from D one to D one, you don't have to sit out a year. Mm -hmm. So I think part of it is like they wanted to play and you do want to try to keep your players happy a little bit. So I think that's what that boiled down to, honestly. I like it. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, it makes total sense. So they go on, they play in the first round of the NIT, and Adam, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I did not buy tickets for the first game of the NIT. You weren't alone, Chris. I <laughs> I saw the stands. I watched the game. I always support the team. Of course, I watched the game. Uh, they should have lost to that Cleveland. Was it Cleveland State or whoever it was? That, that was not a very good game. And and it ends up being the last game of Travis Steele's uh, Xavier career, which is sad because I really like Travis. I think he's a great guy, uh, an amazing recruiter. Uh, yep. Just I don't know if he lost the team or, or – or, I mean, the team still loved him, it seemed like. So it, it's tough. It's tough to know exactly what happened. I'm not going to ask you. We'll get into some of that later. So once that happens – and Jonas Hayes takes over the, the, the realm against Florida. That seemed to be uh, – Xavier didn't put anything out there for season ticket holders to like get on in advance and get some tickets or anything like that. There was no emails. They just kind of did the same thing they did with the first game. But it seemed like there was a lot more people at that game. Yeah, there were 2,000 more people at that game. I think for the Cleveland State game, there were 1,400. And I believe for the Florida game, there were almost 3,500. Now, part of that, I think, is you're playing an SEC opponent. Yes. The Cleveland State game was at 9 p.m. on a Tuesday night. The Florida game was at 1 p.m. on a Sunday afternoon. So those factors played into it. But I think the biggest thing that played into it was what happened the day before that Florida game. Um, Absolutely. With the announcement of a, a new head coach at Xavier, and we'll get into Sean Miller here very soon. I'll, I because I want to know uh, how much you've talked to him, or any if you've talked to him, or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, so I got to tell you, as a Xavier fan, and as a guy who's been around this team for thirty some years, when people come to the Centos Center, they just you just don't win at the Centos Center. If Xavier loses more than two games in the Centos Center in a year, it's a bad. That's a bad year for Xavier. The last three years have been bad years for the Muskies. And unfortunately, it's all the Xavier games that you get to see. Yep. Last night, they only had tickets in the, in the lower bowl. A lot of, a lot of people came back. And the lot, there was quite a few people there. I was one. We went back. I came back. Had to watch the boys against Vanderbilt. Of course, I wanted, really just wanted to see Larsa Piven. But yes, sir. she never showed yes, up. Sir. <laughs> Such a bummer. Scotty was over there, but no Larsa. Um, so anyway... That place was rocking, and that felt like the old Centos Center, and we only had the bottom bowl going. It did. I thought the environment was fantastic. It was like I, nothing we've I've seen in the last three years. Yeah, it was like everyone was engaged. Everyone was positive. Like even when, even when the team was down ten points early in the second half, it was like the fans never got out of it. 
even when they were down nine points with six minutes left, the fans were never out of it. Like to me, and I think that in Cintas it was evident. I think where it's been even more evident is on social media is that the vibes are just different right now. And, and to me, that was one of the big worries with Travis Steele going forward was that, Hey, if you give him another year, this is, you run the risk of this continuing to be this kind of like negative cesspool around the team of like people that are pissed off, people that are unhappy. And as much as I like Travis as a human being, and I do think he's a good basketball coach, I just don't know if he was ready for this opportunity at this moment in time. Um, I think that this was something that, that Xavier felt like they had to do. And honestly, I think it has reinvigorated the fan base in a big way already. And Sean Miller hasn't even set foot on campus yet as the head coach. So I'll tell it's you right now, remarkable. It's a, you're a hundred percent correct. It has. I'm reinvigorated. My my day. Everybody. My phone's blowing up like crazy. The thing Xavier's always done is you know hire a Xavier guy outside of Thad Mata. They 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 hired from within, right? And it and it yeah. always worked. But it worked when you were in the MCC. When you're in the A-10. So Chris Mack became a proven coach in the A-10 and transferred to the Big East and was very good. And they yep. tried to do it with Travis Steele, and it just goes to prove that you in a, in a big conference, you need to hire a proven coach. They got that figured out. How great is it that they were able to get a Xavier guy at the same time? It's honestly best-case scenario the way that it played out because – this is what I was initially worried about. And we can we can sort of get into specifics and go through the timeline and the way that it all played out. But when when a news of news officially broke that Travis was out, okay, it became pretty immediately clear to me within so the the news broke around Travis um a little around I think it was like one fifteen or one thirty on Wednesday, the day after they beat Cleveland State. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I would say by six o'clock that night, I was firm I had a firm grasp on the fact that Sean Miller was Xavier's top candidate. And not only was was he their top candidate, but I had been told that there was mutual interest from both sides already. Okay. And that's when, that's when it became clear to me what was at stake here because Sean Miller is far and away the best candidate available. Um, just in terms of his background, his resume, his coaching pedigree, what he's already accomplished at the highest levels of college basketball. And, and if, if you swing and you miss on Sean Miller, Okay, we'll go down the hypothetical lane here because I do think that there are other good coaches who are out there. You know, I'm not knocking Pat Kelsey. I think Pat Kelsey's a hell of a college basketball coach. Um, and I think that he could succeed at Xavier. And then, then you know, you run through the list of, like, the really successful mid-major guys right now who you're seeing get snatched up by some of these high-major programs. Okay, but the risk that you run if you don't get Sean Miller – is you bring in one of these guys who's really unproven at the high major level right now, and what if it takes three or four years for them to really get their sea legs and get their feet under them and get this program where they want it to be? Is this fan base, is this program in a position where you can essentially stumble for six, seven, 
eight years in a row before you can get it back on track? I don't think so. I mean, you guys are Xavier fans, or at least Chris is. Um, is that something that, that you think would have been a viable option if you don't get Sean Miller? That's why I think the fact that he was your top candidate and you made it happen, you came out looking really good in all this because, to me, the other options, the other factors weren't nearly as foolproof as Sean Miller. Hundred percent. Yeah, and no, you're you're exactly right. It was going down a rabbit hole quick. I mean, we were at the point where we were my dad told me he wasn't if Travis Steele came back, he wasn't gonna get season tickets again. So if we had to deal with another three years of that, that would have been rough. Yeah. Now he says that. He talks a big <laughs> game, but that would have never happened. I wouldn't have let it happen. Uh it's you know, you got you got you're a fan of a team, it's it's gonna stay that way. Um but no, the Sean Miller hiring so far has been it, it. It has definitely made everybody feel a certain way. So let's talk about they. They hire Sean Miller. Sean Miller obviously has some baggage on him, right? Mm-hmm. He's got the we. I read your story, uh, Greg. I mean, how? I mean, kind of got an in, right? Christopher is a uh, is on the infractions committee, so he pretty much probably already knows what their plan is for Sean Miller. So he used to be, he was actually, I think he was on it for about a decade. And at one point he was actually the head of the committee on infractions. But the area where this gets a little gray is that the NCAA created this new thing called the IARP. Okay. The independent accountability resolution process. And basically I think that the reason that they created this was specifically to handle complex cases that, that sort of fall under this very specific umbrella. And the committee on infractions knows how it works. Okay. They've, they, they see what goes into it. They see all the angles that get covered, but they're not directly involved in the IARP process. And, and I think that's sort of, that's the unknown in all this is that yes, Greg Christopher has connections. He knows the process. He knows what they're looking at specifically to determine what a potential penalty might look like. And here's what I'll say about all this. Okay. Is that I know I've gotten to know Greg Christopher pretty well. He's one of the smartest people I think that I've ever met. And I don't think there's any way Greg Christopher goes through with this. If he, if he has any doubt that it's going to be a year suspension. Okay. I think that he's probably looking more at maybe six games, maybe at worst, it's like a 10 game. But even then I think that there's also a chance that it's, that it doesn't come close to 10. So now there is some, there is still some unknowns in all this. Um, The IARP, for instance, gave uh, former North Carolina state head coach Mark Godfrey a year suspension. And I was sort of told through the reporting process that a big reason for that was Godfrey did not really cooperate with the investigation. And he was he was kind of not only did he not cooperate, but he was downright like unruly. Um, he he yeah. did not treat people with respect or anything like that. So I think that played a part in him getting a year. But, yeah, I think that Greg Christopher is smart. I think that the vetting process um, 
it, it obviously made them feel comfortable enough to to pull the trigger on this. That was a that was a fast vetting process, but I agree. I, it, you know I'm they've sure been they talking would. for a while. I mean, they they had to have been talking for a while. I mean, I believe in your report, Christopher said Greg Christopher said that he had been talking with with Travis Steele about what the future was going to be for the last few weeks. Like it's not something that just came as a surprise, right? Because they quote unquote mutually agreed to separate. Obviously, there had been talks before that. They didn't just walk into a conversation and go, eh. I just won the first game of the NIT. We're done. So I think the vetting process has been going for a while. I don't know if you're – I guess – I assume you're allowed to still talk to them. You can talk to anybody, right? Can you – maybe I'm wrong about yeah, that. Yeah, well, well, even, you know, the vetting process, it's not <clears> – <throat> excuse me. I don't even think it's necessary for Xavier to be in communication with Sean Miller if they want to do some vetting. I think it's more of like, hey, we're going to have our lawyers and our compliance stuff look over this information and get a sense of of what it is, how it looks, how it might play out. And I think that, you know, that Sean Miller's not necessarily directly tied into that process. But yeah, to your point, um I do think that Greg Christopher is very forward thinking. And, you know, no one at Xavier ever explicitly told me this and I don't think that they would. Um the sense that I got was that they didn't know that they were going to fire Travis until Selection Sunday, basically. Um, now, did they do some homework prior to that and say, okay, if, if this doesn't work out, you know, the way that the, the second half of the season went, I think that there were some serious um, inclinations that it might not end the way they wanted it to. So to your point, I think that there's a an outside chance that Xavier was a little bit proactive in, in going after Sean Miller. So that may be why they were able to come to a deal as quickly as they did. And a lot of people talk about why why fire him, and I'm going to continue to say fire because the mutually <laughs> departed thing, if you mutually depart with your with your employer, that means your employer didn't want you as well. So you were fired. Yeah, you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> yes. Okay. Thank you. Uh, so, so, um, so, they decide to fire him on that after that Cleveland State game. Uh, to me, that big – now you tell me if I'm wrong here. Is it because South Carolina and Sean Miller, those two names started getting a little hotter and they knew the that if they wanted to do this, they had to make a move right away? I think that that's certainly how it looks. And and I actually – I had some – some heated conversations with people um, at Xavier about this because I made that connection in my stories. And I just said, look, this is how it looks. I'm not the only one saying this. A lot of people have made this connection, but every time I brought this up or I talked to people about it, they basically said, look, we decided that we were going to basically cut ties on selection Sunday when they missed the NCAA tournament. Okay. Now, I don't know why you let Travis coach in that first NIT game. I think part of it is, you know, you want to start the process of firing someone. There's, there's paperwork that has to happen. You have to get, you know, a buyout of his contract approved by the board of trustees. There's all these little dominoes that have to fall into place. And I, for whatever reason, I don't think that they were able to fall into place prior to that game and maybe they did and maybe they got to a place where it was like okay do we do this like 
hours or, you know, potentially one day before the game? Or do we say, you know, I think that they, when they got to that point, they were like, okay, we maybe let him coach against Cleveland state. And then we, if we win, we wouldn't play again until Sunday. So Jonas would have a little bit more time to be in the driver's seat and to get acclimated into this position, as opposed to Travis, you're out and, eight or 12 hours later, Jonas has to coach in an NIT game. So I don't, I don't know that there was a a comfortable outcome in all this, but it obviously, it looks, it looks the way that it looks and the perception of it. You can't really change it because things were heating up with Sean in South Carolina. And to a lot of people, it looks like you were worried about losing Sean Miller to another school. So, I mean, it is what it is. I don't know that, that Xavier or Greg Christopher is ever going to comment and say, you know, definitively what the process was like or, or how they got to that point and when they got to that point. But it's hard to change the way something looks, you know? No doubt about it. It's hard to change that. Maybe this is a silly question and, and not even worth bothering with, but if if the Sean Miller, Miller thing fell through or they found something that they're like, eh, maybe that's a little bit too not sure about that, or, you know, maybe he's going to be in more trouble than we thought or something like that. Or he decided he would rather go somewhere else or something. Who do you think would have been the second pick? Any idea? It's, it's, and this is where, this is where I've struggled with this because <clears throat> I never got the sense that there was anyone else that they were really targeting. Okay, I think when this all happened, it was tunnel vision on one person and one person only, and it's how do we get this guy to be our basketball coach, okay? And I think had that not happened, had you not gotten Sean Miller, then you would have had to get into that list. And I think Pat Kelsey would have been right up around the top of that list because for the simple fact that I think if you miss on Sean Miller – Pat is the next guy on that list that I feel like would have really unified the fan base. And a lot of people would have been able to get behind him immediately and sort of rally behind him and, and, you know, get the fan base back in a healthy place where they can sort of, you know, really rally and support the team again. I think the, the other side of that equation is like all these other names. Okay. The other names that got thrown at me, the other names that got reported of, you know, uh, South Dakota State's coach, Murray State's coach, um, San Francisco's coach, like all these other guys that got floated out there, okay? You don't have to fire Travis when you did in order to make a run at those guys necessarily. So I, to me, it's like this was, this was like, hey, let's get Sean Miller. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. I mean, Sean Miller was on podcast talking about how much how much he, you know, hyping up Xavier. Weren't you the one telling me that, Adam? Not not Adam Baum, Adam Schmidt. Were you the one telling me Miller was on uh some podcasts talking about talking about how great his time at Xavier was and was hyping him up. Somebody was telling Maybe, me about that. Know. Maybe it was Joe. I don't know. Maybe it was. Maybe it was Joe. So, but anyway, besides the point. So, Pat Kelsey would have been good. Uh, that would have been the only one that really would have, I feel like you said, pulled the fan base and then like, all right, we got a guy who's been coaching for for a while. He's a Xavier guy. 
This is the we can stand behind him. They're going to stand behind him. You know, there's still a lot of people that wanted him instead of Steele. So yeah, here's one of them right here. Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> two of them. Uh, we both wanted. We both wanted. To get, well, you know, that's we've got a long way. Pat Kelsey was the first coach to ever cut me in something. He was the freshman <laughs> basketball coach my freshman year for one year. I told I told Chris if Pat Kel, if they would have hired Pat Kelsey, I would have become a season ticket holder and I would have worn elder shirts to every game. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Big well, purple shirts with an X on it. You know, um, I, I was half joking when I talked to my buddies about this, and, and half of me was was not joking because it's like, uh, you know, in terms of my job and what I have to do, if they did hire Pat, I would have to really kind of bury the elder stuff. But ultimately, Pat and I probably would have had a really good relationship. Exactly, um, yeah. And I'm not... I'm not saying that Sean and I won't, but it was like, you know, I was kind of sitting there thinking and I was like, well, if they don't get Sean Miller, maybe they get Pat and, you know, me and Pat get along really well and he has success and and I have a lot of fun, you know, being able to follow his career at Xavier. That would have been really cool for me. So, um, but yeah, it, it, it played out the way that it did. And, um, I know, I got a lot of texts from Xavier people throughout this pro or I'm sorry, from elder people throughout this process who were, who wanted to know about Pat and, and where he stood and all this. And I felt, I felt bad responding to a lot of them because I just didn't get the sense that, that Pat was a, an initial option in all of this. I just thought that Sean was the name that everyone was giving me that it just seemed like it was Sean. And if not Sean, then we'll we'll sort of pick up the pieces and figure it out from there. So let's stay with Pat Kelsey for a second because I just had this conversation yesterday at dinner before the game. Um, Sean Miller is coming to Xavier. He's going to take less money than what he got at Arizona, and that was a big part of why he went to Arizona. I mean, we can be honest. It was a big program. He was in the A-10. He's going to a, a bigger conference, which the Big East is is a bigger conference, so that's equal there if you want to say that. But – the money, Xavier cannot pay coaches the way those big schools can, the state schools can. So, obviously he's had some issues. Uh, what was it, $2 million or something like that that they're paying? I, you, you know the contract better than I do. What, what, are they, what was re- reported as, the, as what his contract is right now? At Xavier? Yes. It, there's only been speculation. So, oh, okay. one of the things – yeah, one of the things um, – that Xavier Xavier being a private university, they don't, they're not beholden to release financial information. So like at UC, UC is a public university. You can literally file a freedom of information at request and you can find out how much every coach, everyone at that university is being paid. That's not the case at Xavier. So I think at some point, um, someone on the board of trustees or something like that, though, I've seen numbers floated out there that it's three. Um, but I, I haven't, you know, I don't have any specifics or have, I, I haven't been able to confirm it in anything yeah. that comes from Xavier. That's before the settlers get involved. Am I correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's not necessarily just the settlers either. I think that, you know, with this, it was like, from what I my understanding is there were a lot of powerful people at Xavier that were like, Go go make the best hire and we'll we'll make the money work essentially. So 
Gotta love a good private school like that. <laughs> That's my biggest worry is is Sean Miller is just you know, this is a it's a win win for Xavier and Sean Miller. Sean Miller takes three or four years, he builds his reputation back up. Uh Xavier gets their reputation back and Miller bolts and heads to the next to the next big school, whether it's Kentucky because Cal's gone because he can't get out of the second round or first round. Or or and I and I like I like Kentucky and I like Cal Perry, but, but it's, you know, there's a lot of, it's happening a lot over there or, and then in that case, Pat Kelsey's got three more years under his belt. Maybe that's the move. Charleston yeah. in a couple of years wins a, wins a national title and Pat Kelsey's <laughs> ready to, ready to come on to Xavier. Now that, that could very well play out, but I will tell you, I have heard from some people that like, it's not outside the question that, that Sean might want to be here for a prolonged period of time. There, I've even seen other people reporting. I think it was Matt Norlander, um, a national guy for CBS, I believe, who, who basically put it out there that like he would not be shocked if this is Sean Miller's last coaching job. So I, I think, you know, a lot of it is going to de- – like there is so much – uncertainty with all of this just in terms of like what if Sean comes back and he knocks it out of the park and and he does really well and you know a blue blood job opens up or you know does he eventually want to go back and coach at his alma mater you know he yeah. played at Pittsburgh um, Jeff Kappel's there he's struggling like terrible right now and apparently he has like a 15 million dollar buyout and they don't want to fire him because they don't want to pay that money so <laughs> Um, you know, there, there's a lot of different things that could happen, but, um, yeah, Pat, I obviously, I would not be shocked if Pat Kelsey's the head coach at Xavier one day either. I, you know, I wouldn't rule him out. That dude works as hard as anybody. And, you know, I think he, he probably feels like he's been overlooked, you know, a couple times now for the head coaching job at Xavier. So he's got a lot of motivation to go out there and continue to prove himself. So one more coaching, one more coaching uh, guy that that I like to ask you about. With all of this happening, what's kind of going under the radar is Jonas Hayes. Jonas Hayes is playing nine guys. He's he's playing with his bench way different than Travis Steele ever did. He's switching the starting lineups up. He's doing a lot. Yeah. That being said, I thought Jonas Hayes would have an opportunity at the Georgia job. He didn't get that. Is Jonas? Have I guess that my question for you is: Have you talked to Sean Miller at all, or do you have any idea if any of these assistants are staying? I have not talked to Sean Miller yet, um, and I have tried, <laughs> but. Uh, I I honestly think that there's a good chance that there is some turnover um, in terms of like assistants sticking around, and and there's a few reasons for that because Sean Miller's been out of college basketball, so he does not currently have a coaching staff that he would like bring with him to a new job, so he has no one. Um, and at the the other side of that coin is like if you want to keep a lot of this roster intact and a lot of the recruiting class that's coming in, try to save those guys and keep them in the building. 
I think it makes sense to to keep at least one or two. I don't know that it's going to be all three of the assistants, keep them all, but um, I, do, I do think it makes sense to keep some of these guys around for those reasons. And, um, you know, I've talked to, to people that, that have basically told me that it's not impossible that all three of them might stick around. So there's a, there's a lot of moving pieces, and we get to talk to Sean for the first time on Friday, and I'm sure that these are going to be questions that get asked of them, but um, I would assume he'd have his coaching staff assembled by the time you guys get together Friday. I would hope so because that would make my life easier. I would have a, <laughs> I would have a few less things to to track and to, yeah. to be to essentially worry about breaking news and stuff like that. Like if he gets up there and he's like. And he knows who his coaching staff is going to be next year. I'm going to be one of the happiest dudes in that room because, you know, I don't have to spend more time trying to chase this stuff and track it all down. Dude, I got to ask you, you brought this up. I told my dad the other day, I was like, yeah, Adam's coming on tomorrow. should be good. I said, but have you noticed the last few articles he's written? They all, you're very much uh, letting everyone know who broke it and you, you using those words exactly. So it's such and such broke the story. Is that a, that's a big deal, I guess, on your guys' side of the world. Well, for me, it's like a lot of people put way more stock into it than I do. And, you know, there is a benefit to being first. Um, everyone is supposed to mention you for being first. I like to give people that respect because if, if I don't give someone else that respect, then, then they're never going to give me that respect. And it's one of those things where it's like, I know that, that I, that I work really hard and, and this is important to me, but a lot of people have like these giant heads and these humongous egos. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've worked really hard to like kind of bury that. So it, it's one of those things where it's like, when you do this long enough, you know that you're not always going to be first. You're going to take some L's and you know, it better than to be like super worried about it. Just, just move on, give the person credit who got it first. And and go on about your business because the reality is um, there are going to be things that I get first and there are going to be things that I don't get first. And I can't, I can't lose any sleep over that or be upset about it. It's just, it's just a part of it. You know, you shouldn't um, lose any sleep over it. It's not that well, big of a deal. I'll tell you this. Um, I don't even, you know, I'm not exactly sure how this played out, but like I knew that the Sean Miller thing was very close. Okay. Yeah. I also, I also knew uh, about 15 minutes before it broke when it was going to break and who was going to break it. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> okay. um, so one of the reporters who broke the Sean Miller contract news apparently has some sort of a relationship with Sean Miller's agent. Um, at least uh. that's what I was told. So it's like when you start to see things from that aspect, like wow, I don't politics. know Sean Miller's. I don't know Sean Miller's agent. I don't know. Sean Miller's not going to call me up and, and tell me exactly when he signs the contract or anything like that. So there, there are clear hurdles that, that you have to jump through and, and overcome. And, you know, it's best, best not to get upset by it. I love it. That's a, that's a, that's a real humble elder alum right there. 
Hell I'll, yeah, man. I like Blue that. collar for life. I just I pack up my lunch pail every day and I go to work. That's exactly and right. And you fly no. first class on American <laughs> Airlines to New York City. Not every time. It's just, uh, you know, when as, it's available. As I, told you, I told you guys before we started recording, um, this year, this college basketball season, I hit American Airlines Platinum, which is a, a monumental accomplishment for me. I'm super proud of it. Um <laughs> And one of the one of the benefits of that is whenever I book an American Airlines flight now, if there's an open seat on first class, I get automatically upgraded for free to first class. So I, and it's a different world up there. You know, I I just it, it's not one of those things. I, I'm never going to book a flight and pay extra for first class. But if you want to move me up there for free and I don't even have to ask, I'm going to do that every day. Let me ask you a question. What, how many times it, since this has happened to you, since this, this remarkable accomplishment has <laughs> been bestowed upon you, how many times have you got to sit up with the, uh, with the rich and famous up there? So I would say it's probably double digits now, oh, honestly. Wow. Yeah. Nice. nice. Yeah. Is the hot towel thing, is that a real thing? They just come offer you a hot towel? So I think that depends on the length of the flight. Um, so a lot of my flights are pretty are pretty quick. So like for instance, Biggie's tournament, I got upgraded. Okay, and you can basically order whatever you want to drink, um, out from alcohol to to coffee to orange juice to whatever beverages they have, you can order it. Um, and then they basically bring around like this big snack tray and you can take your pick from the from the snacks and that that's essentially because it's a it's an hour hour and a half flight you know yeah i think you know i'm going to be really interested next year xavier plays in the the phil knight uh thing out in portland Mm -hmm. that's a long flight i'm hoping that i can get bumped up for that and just see see what the experience is like on a longer flight you know what i mean I gotta tell you, bud, I'm I'm super excited to get you on after that to find out if you oh, got yeah. I wanna know if there's champagne put out there right away sitting at your seat when you got there. I wanna know if there's a hot towel. I wanna know if there's like a masseuse that they bring around to see if you need a little rub down in between flights. Like I, I gotta know what's going on. This is this is a realm of the world that I'll never see, my friend. <laughs> Are people like, how am I supposed to be on a four-hour flight and and go four hours without a hot towel touching my face? <laughs> Are people actually thinking about that? You know what? I think they might be. I mean, obviously, it, it became a thing for a reason. You know, some rich dude was like, you know what, first class is missing? It's missing hot, wet towels. <laughs> I guess once you experience it one time, you're like, hey, I need this all the time. I wonder if it was the guy who uh, opened up the first sports clips, and he was like, you know what? <laughs> yeah. There's something to this hot towel deal. You I might got, be right. Uh, I never understood that hot towel. I went to sports clips one time in my entire life, and they put a hot towel on my face, and I, like, jumped a little <laughs> bit. Like, what are you doing? What is that? What are you doing? Just wanted a haircut. <laughs> no, hot but not towel. only – not only was it a huge year for me airline wise, but I also recently uh, recently reached Marriott Gold Elite status, which, granted, not as cool as been as the free upgrades to first class, but there are some perks there that I'm 
I do like, um, you know, they'll, they'll upgrade your room for free to like a suite occasionally. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, you can, you basically get like free bottled waters, which is really nice. Yeah. Cause you know, you're on the road. If you don't, you know, if you have to buy bottled water, um, that gets pretty annoying. Yeah. Agreed. But I'm like, I think I'm eight. I basically need like 18 more nights this year to get to uh, platinum elite. Nice, bud. and I haven't even I haven't even looked at what the perks are yet because I don't want to get out over my skis and start getting a big head about it. But <laughs> so so I'm just gonna give you a heads up, my man. I'm just gonna tell you I'm out of town every single week. I spend at least one night out of town. I am a Spire Elite. I have passed up the gold and the platinum, and I am a Spire Elite member of They're my cool. for my hotel chain. And it uh, it's basically the same as gold. I ain't gonna lie to you, man. Which is much, really? it, you get you get your free upgrade every time uh, if it's available, which ninety nine percent of the time it is because it's during the week for me. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm 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 spending sixty to seventy nights in a hotel, so. It's, it's, a, it's a Howard Johnson, though, so they upgrade it to a room with a window. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's definitely not Howard Johnson. Although, you know, it is what it is, man. You got to do what you got to do. But, yeah, it's, 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 uh, there's the cool thing about that is when the higher you get in these, it's the fancy hotels you go to, not just your regular, you know, whether it's a, a Hilton or, or the Fairfield or, or, or Marriott in there what they have or, or holiday Inn, holiday Inn express or, or any of those. It's when you get into like downtown New York in whatever fancy hotel, and then you get spa credits and, oh. oh, bud, that spa credits where it's at. That's where it's at. I'm just going to tell you right now. This is, uh, you know, I think about this stuff way more than I should or need <laughs> to, but it's a part of my life now. And I'm, you know, I'm fully invested on on climbing this ladder and seeing how high it goes. I love it. I can't wait to see where you get to by the next time we talk because I, f- I feel like those 16, 18 nights could go pretty – you could get that in pretty quick here. Well, you think. So this coming week, I check in on Monday. If Xavier wins on Tuesday, I'll be there until Friday. So I got that under my belt. There's five there. Yeah. And then I'm taking a golf trip down to Kiowa, South Carolina. Points. So I'm gonna points. I'm gonna get a night down there. I gotta love and the that's, points. That's actually at a nice hotel, believe it or not. Are, so, are you using your points, or are you buying that? Are you paying for so that? I bought it because I've got four other buddies who are in my room. So we're gonna uh, split the price of it, but I'm gonna get the night on my account, yeah, and I get the and I get the points plus the bonus points. Um, yeah. But this hotel is like it's crazy, dude. I think for we're staying there like on a Wednesday night, and it's like five hundred bucks for a night. Oh, let me ask both of you guys this question: Is there a point in your life, an age maybe, or a certain I don't know? Is there a time where you're like, you know what? At this point in my life, from now on, I'm a I'm a my own hotel room guy. Yeah, I go on a trip with anybody, friends, family, whatever. Get in my own room. Yes, uh, it happened to me. I'll, I'll jump ahead of you here, Adam. Sorry, but that happened to me. I'm gonna say probably six years ago, where I was, I'm done. I don't, uh, you know, I don't want to cram six people into this two bedroom thing and have snores all over the place. <laughs> I, I'm done with that, man. I snore. 
I don't want to bug anybody else. We can get connecting rooms or whatever you want to do, but when I'm ready for bed, bro, I'm going in. I'm walking down the hall. I'm getting my own spot. No, this is this is a good point that you bring up, Adam, because I think that there there is a limit, and and there will come a time where it's like I don't want to share or bundle up with a bunch of dudes in one room. Now, this particular circumstance down in South Carolina is we are driving down there and we're not leaving until like two in the afternoon on Wednesday and it's a nine hour drive. So we're not even going to get into our hotel until 11 PM. And then we're checking out the next day. So it's like, Oh yeah. Do we really in this particular, if we were going to be, if we were going to be in this hotel for like four or five nights, then it might make more sense to to split up and branch out a little bit. But this is just this is until we get into our uh, our assigned like we we bought this package thing down in Kiowa for this golf trip, yeah. and it, it comes with these like resort type uh, villa hotel things. Um, but we can't check into that until Thursday, so we're going down the night the day before. So this was just a one off. But I do agree. I think. There comes a point where it's like, yeah, we we're getting a little bit up there in age. We don't need to be bundling up like we're, we're like we're in grade school. Is it is it you and four other guys? So five total or four total? So there, it's me and four other guys in our room, and then we also in total we have twelve guys um, going yeah, down. So good, good golf trip. My, yeah. my my question for you though comes comes on the next step. So you guys are gonna you're gonna you're gonna chill in that. So does that put up, that puts somebody bunking together in the same bed? Are y'all going head to toe? How's that work? <laughs> yeah, you know I don't I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> That's it. We'll have to figure that out when we get there. Maybe I'm I'm already open to the fact that like I'm kind of. Uh, Did we lose you? Uh-oh. Hello. Still there? Uh, I'm not like... Oh, there you go. Yeah. I'll, I'll jump on that grenade. You're going to have to... I got to tell you this, dude. For a second, we lost your audio. You said, oh, really? I got to tell you, I am, and then all of a sudden, it was gone for about eight seconds, and then you said, yeah, I'll jump on that grenade. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we heard. So, basically, I was like, I'll, I already told them that I'm... I'm fine to just sleep on the floor. I don't gotcha. need to, yeah. to be in the bed. I'm, I'm kind of a restless sleeper, so I roll around a bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, the floors that's even better. Well, see, on the floor, my back is so bad. Sometimes the floor is nice, but a, but a long period of time on the floor can be bad for the back. Short period yeah. of time can be really good though. All right, so I could talk about that subject. <laughs> Sorry, yes, we could talk about nothing. I could easily <laughs> but, talk about nothing forever. Last last couple things here. I want to see what your what your thoughts are on Xavier's chances to win the NIT at this point because they got to win two more games and they're they're good. Uh, and then your final four prediction for the regular NCAA tournament. Ooh, all right. So we'll start with Xavier. Um, they they get St. Bonaventure next, and I think we're right now. We may have already found out who won the other two NIT games tonight to complete the semis. Um, 
I like their chances against St. Bonaventure. I really do. I, I haven't done too much research into the Bonnies yet in terms of how they play and what they look like. I know that they uh, they just beat Virginia, and Virginia is a heck of a defensive team. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a challenge. Um, but I think this team's playing real inspired basketball right now. Like I, I don't I don't think many people expected that they would be here right now in terms of Xavier. Um, I don't know though, man. I think that the Jonas Hayes has got them playing, yeah. playing pretty well. I think they like playing for him. I think that now with what happened to Paul Scruggs, it adds another layer of motivation with him tearing his ACL. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if they win it. Will, um, will Paul be with the team in New York? It's going to depend on. So I know that he was medically cleared to travel, but it's going to depend on how he feels. Cause like, I know yesterday he, he wanted to come to the game and it hurt. It was hurting him really bad. So he didn't come to the game. So I think it's going to come down to, Hey, how are you feeling on Sunday and Monday when you, when the team leaves, if he's feeling good, then I think he'll probably go. So. I like it. I, I, I love the way this team's playing under Jonas Hayes, man, Washington state and Texas A&M both won. Uh, tonight, so that'll be the other semifinal game. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'll break that news, and when you report that tomorrow in the Enquirer, go ahead and uh, <laughs> credit Chris. I'll credit you. Credit Chris. <laughs> credit, First credit. reported by the Nosebleeds the, podcast. There you go, really. That's exactly right. Uh, so uh, yeah, I'm 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 su- I, I'm I'm excited, man. I me and my dad actually kind of talked about possibly making a trip down there, but it's in the middle of the week, man. It makes it tough. Makes it, it tough. Does. Yeah. So, but I hope there's a good following for him. I hope they. I hope they continue with this fire. I love the fact Jonas Hayes is getting everybody in the game. Um, I'm. I'm in, really. I'd love to talk to you some more. I know it's been almost an hour now, but I don't want to no, keep I, you up too late. I still. Uh, I still got to give you my my final four. Oh picks. yeah. Sorry. All right. We're already yeah. jumping ahead. Yeah. What's your final four picks then? And this is, this is tough. Um, I, I just. I think Gonzaga is too good. Um, I like Gonzaga. Um, and then I might go Villanova. I like their experience. Um, I like their guard play. I think guard play is super important. Um, let me see. All right, I think I, think I got it narrowed down. Okay. Gonzaga, Gonzaga, Villanova, Purdue – and then let's go with the wild card, and we'll go with let's go with Iowa State. Ooh, the eleven wow. seed in the final four. Man, I I'm telling you, everybody keeps sleeping. They everybody st- is still giving Villanova all kinds of love. I love Villanova. Providence is a really good basketball team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A really good basketball I th- team. I thought you were going to go Big East. I thought you were going to go Providence. There. I did too. <laughs> Went to the eleven seed. That's big time, right there. I like that though. Big time. Well, I I, my thing was I didn't want to just go all chalk, you know. Sure, yeah. And I guess I didn't. No, Villanova's a two. Yeah. I do. And Purdue's a three. And Purdue's a three. See, and I like Duke, man. I think Duke's got. I I love the Coach K. I love the Coach K aura about it. Every single time he steps on the court, this could be his last game. I, I there's something about that magic kind of story that that seems to happen so often. Um, 
I'm pretty pumped about Duke. I got Duke winning in just about everything just because of that because I want to see that. Whether you like Duke or not, you can hate Duke. I don't care about that. A lot of people do. The the magic of getting to see Coach K go out on on a win would be amazing. It would be pretty cool. No doubt. So what are your guys' final fours? Okay, so I don't know if I've got anybody left in the final four outside of Duke. To be honest, no, I, I had whoever's left. Pick from whoever's whoever's left. left uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take Kansas over Providence, and I think Kansas makes it through. I had Kansas in in my final four before, um, and then I'll take Villanova out of the out of the South, um, out of the West. Well, that's my Duke pick, and then the East. Oh, that's a tough one, man. You know what? You know how much – I mean, everybody knows I'm a Xavier guy. I cannot stand Mick Cronin. Mick. Can't stand <laughs> I, I like the way North Carolina is playing. Right I now. love the way. I was just so – I was I, so I'm, I think I'm going to let – I'm going to have North Carolina make it through because they are they are playing uh, – they are playing really good basketball right now. Ever since that Duke game, when they beat Duke in the last game of the, of the ACC – or of the, the regular season in Coach K's final home game, Ever since that game, they just they look really good. I'm 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 gonna take I'm gonna take North Carolina. Adam, what do you got? I think I'm going. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Are there are all four one seeds left? No, Baylor's out. Okay, no, so he Baylor can't take he can't take all one seeds because I guarantee that's what his final four would have been. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate that you know me so well. Uh, I'm gonna go. Gonzaga is who I want to win the whole thing. Just just my heart wants them to win it. Um, uh, but so if Duke doesn't come out of the West, I definitely want Gonzaga to. Uh, so I'm going them. I'm going to go UCLA just because they made it last year and they still have, uh, you know, a few of those guys. So they have the experience of going to the Final Four. Um, I know I totally Purdue's really good and North Carolina is playing as well as anybody. I, I it could be any of those three teams. Maybe I should just pick St. Peter's just to be that guy. Uh, but I'm not going to. I'm going to say UCLA in the that, East. That flagrant one for Manic, that doesn't make him out for the very next game or anything crazy like that, right? He still gets to play. Yeah, I don't think so. I uh, think he'll be back. Yeah, as long as he's back, that dude, that kid, he was on his way to a 40-point game the other night. Yeah, he couldn't miss right before he got ejected. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think, man, that South is Arizona, Houston, or Villanova could come out of that and win the whole thing. Well said, well said. Um, uh, all I, four of them. That's that's. You know what? I and, said three of them, and I'm and John hurts, Madden. That is so true. And it hurts me because I grew up a Michigan fan. I want Michigan to come out of that, but there's no <laughs> chance. Um, so I, I, I honestly had Villanova and a few of the brackets I filled out uh, coming out of there. I'm gonna say, you know what? Just to, just for fun, I'm gonna say Houston. It would be kind of fun to see them, uh, to see a team in a conference like that come out of it, because uh, they're they're as good as anybody, I think, honestly, when they're playing as well as they can. Uh, and I'm going Providence. I would like to see like Providence. There you go. There. Hell yeah, get Ed Cooley in there, buddy. That man yeah. deserves it. He's a that guy's an unbelievable. Providence coach. does kind of feel like a, a team of destiny, almost. You know, it's mm-hmm. like. Every time they play a, clo- a close game, they find a way to win. Villanova's kind of had their number though this year, so that could be interesting if they meet in the Final Four. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think I, I like our picks because we we kind of we kind of spread it all over a little bit. Yeah, it yeah. was it was. Yeah, uh, Ed Cooley one always of, finds a way to to win with water or whatever. Like idiots. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, it'll probably be us because we look like idiots all the time. Adam picked okay. the Bengals. Adam picked the Bengals to win three games this past year. Sure did. Three games. It's all right. Yeah. I'm sure you were happy that you were wrong. I was it's very exactly happy. What I was wrong. Yep. Exactly what he said. Exactly what he said. All right, man. Well, listen, we did a Mount Rushmore this week, and I totally forgot to tell you about it because it's always one of my favorite things. Uh, it was 90s NBA basketball coaches. I'm not going to make you do it, but I want you to know that we still do it. So next time I'm going to make sure I remind you what okay, the Mount Rushmore cool. is. Uh, but we'll go ahead and let you go. So listen, I w- I'd like to get you back here in the next couple of weeks once we get the NIT over with. We get more info on Sean Miller. Maybe we uh, maybe we talk a little bit uh, a little bit sooner yeah, than talk normal. Talk about the roster, the coaching staff, all that good. Who's stuff. staying? Decommits. There's already uh, the our, our number one commit already technically decommitted, but he still says Xavier's 100 percent in the mix. He's just yeah taking his his letter of intent away. I've heard that it's not a done deal. So right, so yeah. that's a that's a big thing. So uh, we can get into some some of the recruiting trail and, and and all that stuff and what Sean can do from there. How many and make sure that he's not being recorded on any phone calls as well. So uh, <laughs> we hold you personally responsible for that. <laughs> no recording. I'll, I'll do my best. You got to debug every room. <laughs> yeah, whenever I walk into his office, I'm going to get a, a sweep. Done. There so. you go. I like it. That sounds good. All right, Adam, man. We appreciate it as always. Uh, Adam, hey, uh, the the tweet box, man. How does everybody follow you these days? Yeah, so I know you guys are on Twitter. I'm also on Twitter. It's just Adam J. Baum, B-A-U-M. Um, and then all my stuff goes up on Cincinnati.com. Great, fo- great follow on 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 Twitter, and also when they actually put your story in the paper because there for a while Xavier was getting. Uh, only putting only being put on the on the uh, electronic side of the newspaper, yep. which is a bummer for me because I get the newspaper and I love it. So uh, hopefully now with all the great news, we're we're already getting to see a whole lot more of you in the written press, which is the way I like to bring everything in. But Adam, thank you so much, my man. Yeah, hey, r- yeah. Real, real quick before you go, I just have to tell you for dinner oh. tonight. In your honor, I had a Mandarin. Is it? Or you do you do Clementines, right? Well, I mean, technically the they're thing. they're in the same family. Yeah. So, what is the difference? You know, I think it's just semantics, honestly. Yeah, what I, they write on a bag? I don't know, yeah. Um, you know, like Clementines and Mandarins, they're they're like brothers, basically. Yeah, all right. I like. They're it. all in the same family, and there's there's all different varietals and types and stuff like that. So. You know, I, I don't think there's one right or wrong way to, to address it, but they are uh, they are delicious, and I'm glad that you indulged in them because I I'm all about bolstering the the Clementine Mandarin market. I want to see it do well. I do them all the time. I, I, there's there's always a bag in our little fruit bowl every uh, every go. time you come over. The kids love them. Uh, and, and, oh, man, I hate to keep doing this. <laughs> Wait. Do it. I didn't see they they sold your tickets this year. They sold your tickets. They sold where you guys used to sit. Yep. So I saw you last night, uh, up in the uh, basically kind of midcourt, but in the uh, kind of in the walkway area. It looked like. Is that where you've been all year? Yeah, I'm in a bunker. I I believe it's like the bunker between 109 and 111. I think, and that's where I've been all year. So kind of the same way know. they do with Joe and uh, Byron up there now. Yeah, believe it or not, I am, I am 
<clears throat> literally eye to eye with Byron and Joe. I could, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm staring right at them across the court. So that sounds good. Oh right, man, you, you know, come see me whenever, partner. We'll do, brother. I'll come up and say hi to you. We we actually the boys. Uh, my my son's baseball team was running the uh, running the a few games this year. Did the what do you call that concession stands right behind where you're oh, at? Okay. Um. So as a departure, we are officially done, and I'm gonna let you go to bed. But happy birthday, Andy Mack, yesterday. Oh, yeah. And uh, bring back Andy Mack uh, is a long-time thing for me that, that goes a long way. Someday we'll talk about that. But until then, Adam, man, we really do appreciate you, brother. Thank you guys for having me. Always fun talking with you guys. All right, buddy. Thanks, man. Adam. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good night. See you, bud. You too. Oh man, it's so it's so fun. Two weeks in a row having our favorite guests on. Yes, it oh doesn't get God. any better than that. I just he didn't mention anything about me telling Bobby that Bobby was our favorite guest, but I I, I meant to tell him. I meant to say <laughs> Adam Baum probably our favorite guest. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I got so much more I want to talk about. I we could, could talk. I to could him talk to for him hours. for hours about, and I like talking about nothing. So. <laughs> You want to start talking about plane rides and and we just got to take the skyline. Yep, we just got to go to skyline and just talk about nothing. Get out on a golf course. Me and Adam will play. You just kind of drive around in the in the passenger seat. I'll be the designated <laughs> cart driver. <laughs> you be my designated driver. That sounds like a good idea. Oh goodness! All right, Adam Baum, everybody. Um, I tell you what, bud. We we've already been. It's basically one hour into the podcast. Exactly. We kept Adam. Uh, always longer than than we say we're gonna do of course i didn't really give him a time frame this time he just i think he just knows that's his fault for being so fun to talk to it is it is totally (laughs) his fault for being such a good guy um all right so from there do we want to talk about any other sports at this moment in time or do we want to go straight into the Mount Rushmore? I'm leaving it up to you, big boy. You know, there are a million things that we could we could talk about. We could sit here for hours and hours and hours. I, it's all going to be here next week too. That's I mean, right. we could talk about Kyrie Irving. Guess what? We're going to talk, be able to talk about the same thing next week. Yep, Lel Collins, the new, the new, you know, the all the all the draft, not draft picks, all the free agents the Bengals have picked. Mm-hmm. Those will still be here too. They'll be here. Uh, the, the, we'll have some more NCAA tournament. We'll actually be where we know who's going to be in the Final Four yep. next week. So um, we'll have plenty of that stuff to talk about. Let's go right into our Mount Rushmore. I love it, buddy. Let's do it. Adam, the Mount Rushmore this this week was a pick from you. Yeah. It was a pick that uh, it took me about five minutes to pick. Uh, and uh, we had fly like five minutes of dead air last week because I was trying to think of something, and it's that hard for me to think of a topic. Uh, but yeah, '90s NBA coaches is what I came up with. I love it, man. I think I think we're ready to go. Adam, do you want to start us off? Sure. On the greatest '90s coaches uh, in the NBA. Look, it starts and ends with Phil Jackson. There's no way yeah. anybody cannot have Phil Jackson on your on your Mount Rushmore of '90s NBA coaches. He was the he won six championships in the '90s with the Bulls. He would have won 10 if Michael Jordan never retired. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, nine, I guess, maybe. Um, <laughs> or eight, or whatever. A lot. He w- Yeah. Phil Jackson, um, and then he went on, of course, to win three, four, uh, four more with f- five more with uh, the Lakers. Anyway, Phil Jackson's number one. I'm putting Greg Popovich. You know I have to because I'm a... Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gay for pop, uh, but... <laughs> 
um, anyway, he took over. Now, he didn't take over the, the Spurs until the 96-97 season. So I know this is a, a stretch. But his first year taking over that team, they were 17-47. and 47. Second year, how about 56-26? and 26? There you go. That's a turnaround right there. Third year, how about winning their first championship in the NBA? I love it. That's, Third year. And, and that was in the 90s. Well, it was 99-2000, right? 98-99 was oh, the first there you championship. Go. All right, I'll take that. I'll I'll allow that. Appreciate that. Um, I the rest of these are really hard. I'm gonna go with a guy that coached a team that I that I, I honestly probably hated and was I think was your favorite team in the '90s was the New York Knickerbockers, yep. and that was Pat Riley. Pat Riley obviously was Showtime Lakers uh, coach, and then went on to take the Knicks to who hadn't been good for a while and and took the Patrick Ewing Knicks to the finals. And they were really good. They, I, I can never deny that. I just didn't like any of the players on the team. Hated them all because uh, they gave Jordan a hard time and gave uh, Reggie Miller a hard time. Those were my, those were my guys. So, uh, but and then he went from the Knicks in the middle of the in '95, I want to say '95 or '96, went over the Heat and then made them really good. The Alonzo Mourning, Tim Hardaway, uh, you know, made the Miami Heat a really good team at the end of the '90s too. So gotta gotta go Pat Riley just because of all the success he's had. He's 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 done really well everywhere he's been. And then fourth is really hard. There are a bunch of guys I wanna I was tempted Don Nelson because you did the run TMC uh Warriors. Uh, it would be hard not to say something about Jerry Sloan. The Jazz were really good every single year in the nineties. Um, Rudy Tomjanovich won won two championships in a row when Michael Jordan was not playing. Yep, with with, um, with, the, with the Rockets, and he was there for a long time. Mm-hmm, yep, um, a bunch of good. Larry Brown. Larry Brown doesn't even come out of your mouth. Oh Larry, my gosh, look, I, Larry Brown was amazing. Larry this, Brown. This was way. This there was a lot more of these to be thought about than I thought there was when you first mentioned it. Lenny Wilkins, George Carl, Rick Adelman, uh, Chuck Daly. <laughs> um, and, and so saying all those guys, I think I'm going to go with um, – I'm going to go with Rick Adelman here. Wow. Rick, Rick okay. Adelman was the coach of the Blazers in that uh, – the, the Clyde Drexler Blazers yep. that played the Bulls in, in the 92 finals. Um, and then he went on and coached the Warriors for a year or two. And then he coached – the, at the end of the 90s, started coaching the Kings, and then the end of the 90s Peja. into the 2000s was the Chris Weber, Peja, Jason Williams. Yep. I loved, loved, loved those teams. I didn't that realize that he had Chris Weber at Golden State and at Sacramento. Right? He oh, would have had, had Weber at Golden State, too. Cause probably, that, yeah. I mean, he went, it was 96 and 90, well, it was just 96, 97, but then Sacramento, 98, 99. So. Yeah. Yep. It, it, you know, Larry Brown's an interesting one because he's he's been a really good coach for a long time in both college and the pros. But he coached four teams in the nineties. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> I was just reading that too. He uh, he had the Spurs. I didn't even remember Larry Brown coaching the Spurs. Mm-hmm. He was there for two years. Yep, yep. And I, and uh, Popovich was a, an assistant under him. I'm pretty sure. Oh, really? And uh, and then he he actually made the Clippers decent for a couple of years. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I think the Dar- I think he coached the Darius Miles. Quentin Richardson. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure he was there. He was that coach when they actually made the playoffs once or twice. Uh, and then, and then uh, Reggie the Miller. Pacers. Yeah, a couple of those Pacers teams with the Davis boys and mm-hmm. everything. They were really good. Uh, and then coached the Sixers, and then in 01 or whatever, took them to the finals. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, so, but those are my four: Phil Jackson, Greg Popovich, Pat Riley, and Rick Adelman. Who you got, Chris? So we've got two the same. Uh, the top two: Phil, Phil Jackson, and Pat Riley. Uh, I put Chuck Daly on there, man. I, Chuck Daly did. I mean, a lot of his time was in the '80s with with that Detroit Pistons team, but the Bad Boys in the early '90s. I mean, that was as good as it got. Plus, all his stuff he did with USA. Uh, USA Basketball and the Dream Team, and He's the Dream I mean, Team coach, You're yeah, right. exactly. So, so those are all the things that that kind of puts all that together for me. Uh, and then Jerry Sloan, Jerry Sloan had those just the the hard luck of Jerry Sloan to have to go against Michael Jordan. Um, but those teams were fun, man. I loved the Jazz. I loved Carl Malone. I loved not as much as I loved uh, Patrick Ewing, but I loved Carl Malone. Obviously, John. Uh, Pe- I'm sorry. Um, uh, Jeff Hornacek was probably the best the best ball handler on that entire team. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> Easy. Oh, no. The, no, I, obviously John Stockton was amazing. Um, I mean, beyond amazing, to be honest. He, that guy was amazing. So I loved all, I love that. I, I, so I went with Jerry Sloan. You didn't even – you're not even going to mention Greg Ostertag? Okay. No. No. Fine. Greg. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, G. Brian Russell. My bad. All right. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. I, I Jerry Sloan. Jerry Sloan was a great coach. Obviously, I mean, of course, he had two Hall of Famers. He had the best point guard ever, and uh, come fight me, Magic Johnson fans. One and, of the best power forwards ever. Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, and by the way, speaking of Carl Malone, really quick, congratulations to LeBron for passing Carl Malone yes. as the number two. And by the way, and this is the only thing we'll we'll go off of this, and then we're going to go right into our com- comedy. I I just realized that somebody somebody put if lebron averages 25 a game for like i forget what it was but it's it's like if he averages 25 a game he'll pass kareem maybe next year it, it, it's it's i thought it was like I thought it was way still out like, of reach i thought it was like 2900 points i thought it was almost 3000 points away i don't I, I, maybe it was a little bit longer maybe it was in a year and a half or something like that but Somebody somebody put it that way that I was like, "Whoa, that's actually very achievable now." Hundred percent. He can. I I think that it, the way he plays and the way he keeps himself in shape, he could do it with ease. But yes, congratulations, congratulations to him. Was hated by so many, uh, loved by just as many on the other side. Uh, but you cannot, you cannot uh, disregard the fact. That he is a, an amazing basketball player, absolutely, and is one of the top basketball players to ever play the game. And just because you don't like him, doesn't mean you can't say that. It's okay right. if you don't like him. You can still say, "Yeah, the dude plays ball like nobody else." Right? It's it's insane. The coolest thing about him is his favorite comedian, Miss Pat. Is it really? It or not. So Miss Pat, that's crazy because we just watched her special. Is that amazing? It is amazing. That must be why you picked it. Um, that's right. Miss Pat, that uh, most likely a hundred percent wrong. I made that up to transition into Miss Pat. It's a well done transition. And, uh, <laughs> don't worry, I don't think LeBron's uh, going to come back and like tweet at us because he uh, who his real Never know. favorite comedian is. Never know. Um, he'll get Kevin Durant to do it from one of his burner accounts. There you go, Miss Pat. Uh, what, what was it called? Uh, y'all want to hear something? Funny or cra- crazy? Yeah, I think it's... Y- y'all want to uh, hear something? I think I wrote down funny. I think it was crazy. Y'all want to hear something crazy? Um, 
Crazy sounds more like it after yes. listening to the podcast. Yes. Or to the to the, to the podcast. To the uh, special. It's funny that you mentioned podcast because almost everything she said on this special, I've heard her say on podcasts in the, in oh, the, sure, in the yeah. recent past. Um, so anyway, I went first on Mount Rushmore. What do you what do you like about Miss Pat? All right, so let's talk or about Miss Pat. So Miss Pat, I had never seen Miss Pat until the Burt Kreischer uh, uh, cabin, whatever that thing, the cabin the show cabin. that he did. Yeah. Um, I didn't even know who Miss Pat was. I never seen her. I never heard it. Maybe I had, and I just didn't realize it. But that cabin, like, oh my god, it was the f- she's hilarious, and she does not care. She gonna say it whether you like it or not. And it is what it is. And you know that that's, I kind of like that. That, like, <laughs> that, that, that toe the line and then go ahead and just jump over it. I love that. She jumps over it. She jumped over it quite jumps, a bit. But yeah. yeah, she probably doesn't jump. She gets her, her spanks all up in a, all up in a bunch again. When she, that's the other thing. When she starts laughing and she starts laughing at herself or something else that happens, like, she just, she don't care. She's, Oh, uh, they'll cut that out. Oh my gosh, that's that was probably one of the that was a that was a funny part when her spanks were riding up and she had to pick them down and roll roll them down because it felt like well anyway. And they didn't cut it out. No, they did not <laughs> cut that out. Thank God, that was so good. Uh, no, man, it's it's stories. It's the way she tells the stories. You know what I mean? She tells, you know, she lived a tough life. It's it's a tough tough life, right? I feel like her and uh, what's his name Diaz. Uh, Joey Diaz. Joey Diaz could like. I would love to just hear those two sit down and just tell, just like I'm gonna like. I just call it the One Up Podcast and let them one up each other with the craziest stories you ever heard in your life. That's a great idea. I would love to hear that. So anyway, uh, she does remind me a lot of like Joey Diaz. She just tells stories about her life, crazy, and I'm sure there's some embellishing. And obviously, it's the only way to make them super super funny, and a lot of it was out there. Uh, but some, but a lot of it stems from something right like a lot of that has got to be true and you know she had her first kid when she was 14 some 21 year old dude oh. and the wife had a wife like it's just the some of these jokes like make you feel uncomfortable and i don't care i laugh at that stuff i laugh more at the fact that she don't care that she makes you feel uncomfortable and she didn't care that the audience wasn't even really cracking up laughing like there was one guy in the corner. She's like, "I like for you to spread all that, spread some of that all over the rest of this crowd." Like, what did you, you guys didn't know who you were coming to see tonight? <laughs> that was good. I gotta tell you, dude, I love this. I laughed a lot. I laughed out loud. I laughed hard, and she makes you feel good about not not feeling bad about laughing at uh, laughing at black jokes or white jokes or whatever like she's like it's all good you, you know you could go home go home and look in your cupboard you got some wheat bread you call it call it what you want to call it uh so and i got wheat bread in the in the pantry but i did not call it anything like that i hope not so i mean but that's funny stuff right i mean i love that so anyway it's all this stuff you're not going to get unless you go watch miss pat on netflix Please do it. I gave this 4.3 haws. I went big on this, man. This was a this was a good one for me. Wow. 4.3. That's a big number. I got a feeling Adam's going to give this like a 2-something. I got a, I got a low feeling out of Adam right now. You reading me? I'm trying to, but I don't know. Okay. Okay. Um, I like to be deceptive. I like to be unpredictable. Yeah. Uh, not at all, but I, I would like to be. 
Um, Gosh, you're so right. Uh, <laughs> I am. <laughs> this two weeks in a row, we're way off of each other. Yeah, after being really close on on for a, a lot of them. This was <clears throat> maybe I'm maybe I'm getting old. I don't know. I I do like I I do like a ton of comedians that do blue stuff, whatever you want to call it. Go over the line. I saw Mark Norman live on Sunday night. Oh, we got to talk, about, talk that. about that for a second. Um, that this dude was, can get blue too. Absolutely, <laughs> he will talk. He'll get into racist jokes that absolutely. make you feel uncomfortable. Absolutely, just like Miss Pat did, and um, and and that is the word that that is stays in my mind more than anything is uncomfortable. Um, look, I I listen I listen and watch podcasts and specials and all kinds of comedy stuff that's about that stuff not not about the stuff she talked about though that's the thing like there's going over the line there's telling jokes but this was these were stories about her life she lived yeah. the the life that she lived growing up was so awful that it distracted me it distracted, it distracted me from the, you from the comedy so she did because her her point of view on this and she said it on many things i've heard her say it before and she said it in the cabin she said it in this special is is you know this stuff don't bother people ask her well, how she can talk about this stuff and make jokes about it it's because it don't bother her. look it's over it's done with you know done lived it and and it doesn't it, she's not going to live her life by it she's she's who she is now i love that and she could turn around and laugh about it like man i'm raising my third set of crack babies like yeah i totally believe that too. And, and she sold for a long time sold crack herself when she yeah. had kids and uh and, and when she was younger and um it's just in the just it sounds like her mom was a horrible horrible mom and they're there in fourth grade she's making chicken in the fireplace and getting burned up and just I hope that part is true i ain't gonna lie to you that was funny i i think a lot of that was true but I really she wanted do. you to the fact that she wants you to let she wouldn't be telling it as a comedian if she didn't want you to laugh at it no i know i know but it was a lot of it was so bad, and look, she don't want I, maybe, you feeling sorry for. Her. And, but but maybe it was just it it just bothers me that people live like that. I think more well, than anything. sure. It um, but and it's very unfortunate for her and good for her. She made it that she's she's doing very well now, and um, and so I'm glad for that. And she's doing well. She's gotten popular, and she's she like she first came out, and she's like I forget what she said, but she's something something made her feel like she made it or whatever. All right, quiet down. You're going to make a woman feel like she made it now. Something like that, yeah. Um, and that's great. And she's got a Netflix special, and she's been on a bunch of stuff now. She actually has, I think it's called the Miss Pat Show on, I want to say, I can't remember what channel, but it's on. she has her own show. Um, she just moved back to, she lived in Indiana for a long time, mm -hmm. and she just moved back to Atlanta recently, uh, where she's originally from. But anyway. It was. I, I think maybe it. Some of it was was funny. I laughed a couple times, but for the most part, I'm just like. Some of it was a little predictable the way she said the jokes, and I think it was more just telling really awful stories and just kind of trying to be a little funny about stuff, within that. And it was. It just wasn't. It just wasn't the kind of comedy I. I like. I guess there wasn't really like set up punchline very often. It was more just. You know, these really awful things happened. Isn't that funny? You know, she, she kept having to say, like, open your mind. If you open your mind, it's funny or something like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, or just, just make it funny, you know? Um, no, that's I not fair. It was. That's not fair to say. Um, 
anyway, I just, it just didn't, it, it, it just, I'm getting older or whatever. And it just, I was like, gosh, that's just too awful. I, uh, I don't know. Um, I, here's, here's what I did. I was going to give it probably a low to mid two. I gave it a 2.8 though. I gave her a couple extra tenths of a point because she referenced Larry Bird and called him the, the white Michael Jordan. The white Michael Jordan. <laughs> she got some points from me. From me for that. <laughs> I thought you liked that. That's good. I like that. So 2.8 to your 4.3. That's a big one. <laughs> that is a big difference cuz I mean we were like that last week. I was I think I did 4.3 again and you you were another you were like at a low 3. For Ryan for Ryan Long, right? Yeah. Um yeah, yeah, we were I can tell you exactly. It's uh I was 3.3 you were 4.3. We were a full, yeah. full point off there. And we're even more. We're a point and a half off this time. That's big time. Yeah. All right. So so this week I've got to do the um, Mount Rushmore. You have got to do the, the, the I was going to say the Netflix special, the comedy special. Another new one is out. There's, I mean, uh, Taylor two, Tomlinson. Two yeah, Taylor Tomlinson just came out with one. Uh, and she just had one last year. I feel like we just watched, mm-hmm. and I don't think either of us were really into that one last year. If I'm not I mistaken, feel like I liked it. Quarter Life Crisis was, yeah. was what it was. Uh, I got to go back and see what we rated that. Yeah. Um, and d- is 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 am I am I eyes deceiving me or is Jeff Foxworthy on a Netflix special? Yep, that's another new one. That's the other mm-hmm. new one I was thinking of. Yep. So super stoked about both about both of those. Plus, we still got Earthquake out there, and I know you've got a whole list of other ones too. So there's a lot. There's a lot of specials that we got to get to, man. There's not enough weeks in the year. Well, uh, you know, we can we can do these for uh, we can do these in 2026. I yeah, hundred percent. Um, I want I want you to get us going though. You start us off because I got to think about what I'm gonna do for a Mount Rushmore. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go back to YouTube. By the way. Joe List, a comedian, I think we both really liked before. Uh, we watched his last special, I Hate Myself, I think it was. Um, and I, I keep falling in love more and more with the guy all the time. I listen to his podcast every week, one of them. And he has a new special coming out at the end of April. So i um, really excited about that one too. However, I am going to go just, this guy sold me on the title. I don't know anything about this guy, but it's John F. O'Donnell. And the title, this is on YouTube now, and the title of his special is The Manic Depressive Chocolate Fountain Operator. Whoa, <laughs> Manic Depressive Chocolate Fountain Operator. Um, That's big time. He sold me on it. I like See, it. Yeah. Look, look, if you're a comedian and you're trying to think of a name for your uh, for your new special, it means something. That's the only reason I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna have us watch this. One. I'm in. I'm totally in. I'll, I'm. I'm watching it. We'll all watch it together, and then we'll talk about it next week. Um, Adam, I think what I'm gonna do, what I'm gonna go with. '90s MLB manager. No, oh. no. I and correct me if we've not done if we've done this or not. Okay. Have we done the Mount Rushmore of juice, juices? Ooh, no, we have not. You don't think so? No. I want to go Mount Rushmore of juices. Boy, that's hard. Cause and I'm not talking. I'm your boy don't eat the fruit. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. You don't have to eat it. You just got to drink the juice. And I'm not like like body armor and stuff like that don't count. That ain't like that ain't juice. That's so a sports drink. Just flat out cr- any of the crayons, right? I think there's only one crayon, but any of the berries would work. 
Oh, like cran grape, cran apple, cranberry, cran. What? Yeah, they got cranberry. What is a uh, cran apple? Uh, it, it's a it's a juice. It's a it's a mix of the cranberry. No, no, and no, apple no, juice. no, 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 no mix. So it's got to be one fruit. One fruit. Yeah, you got grape juice. You got pineapple juice. You got uh, uh, jujube juice. You got fruit juice. <laughs> what is juice? Uh, from uh, Dave Chappelle. There you go. So we're gonna go juice juices. Okay. All right. John Rushmore juices and John F. O'Donnell. Manic depressive chocolate fountain operator. So before we get before we get out of here, I want to know how Mount Mark Norman was, ah. man. How was that? <laughs> I just gave an ah. That's how he starts all of his podcasts. Ah. He's a, yeah, he's a, he's a, yeah. He's <laughs> such he an does, awkward guy. That's what he does throughout the whole. Whenever he tells a joke that doesn't hit, he's like ah. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he's jerky. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's like real. Yeah, he's does this. this Anyway, um, you you couldn't see any of that stuff because we're not recording on on uh, anything. So that's my audio. that's 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 my fault. Uh, no, it's not. I can't figure out a way to get my get anything except an iPad to record off here if we're calling somebody anymore because you got to have a audio input into your phone and nobody has those anymore. So yeah, we are where we are. Yes, no problem there. Um, I. So yeah, went to the went to the show. It was it was great. I was disappointed in the crowd. Oh really? Number one, not very many people there. Uh, number two, now this is I we went to the very last show of the weekend. We went to sat Sunday night. That was the Sunday night. It was like eight o'clock or something. Seven, seven, seven o'clock. Yeah. yeah, but but it was his last show uh, of the weekend. He was supposed to get there on Friday and do shows Friday, and his flight got canceled. So he said he, he said they spent like ten hours in the Newark airport. I think he said. Oh my god! On Friday, that and sucks. Could not get here. Yeah. So he did show Saturday, two or three, I think Saturday, and then uh, the one on Sunday. So not a huge crowd, and then the there were people just number one guy sitting right behind me was upset about something and was angry with the staff. During the show. Oh, so he's arguing with the staff the whole time? Yeah. So this was this this was going on during the middle guy, okay, mm-hmm. who was, by the way, really funny. Uh, Rand something, I think. Uh, but I, I can't remember his name. I've been looking for it for a while now uh, after the other night. Really funny middle guy. The host was, was okay. He's, um, I, I, I think he's in his forties, but, um, so he might, he might be at it for a while. So maybe he's not, not going to be more than those, <laughs> but, uh, he was okay, but they only do a few minutes anyway. Middle guy was really funny. And then Mark was really funny too. I've, I've heard a lot of the jokes before that he said, cause I overexposed myself to him, but, um, but it, he was still really funny. Um, and he even did, you know, he did, I don't know, you know, 45 minutes or something like that. And then was like, Anybody have any questions? And just took people yelling out questions and then commented on stuff and joked about whatever people people asked about. And even those, which would seem spontaneous, yeah, he had answers yeah. that I've heard oh, him yeah. say. Like he kind mm-hmm. of has, you know, canned answers for, for things that when people bring it up. Um, but they're funny. So mm-hmm. I was really happy with it. I was very excited to get to see him live. Um, and it, it was really good. Now – 
There was a girl during the middle guy, this poor guy. He was so funny. The crowd was horrible for him. Not only was the guy, and he he ignored it for the most part, but I, I don't know if he knew exactly what was going on. And this guy was sitting right behind me, so he mm. might have even thought it was me. But at one point, they were talking so much and so loud that he's like, oh, nice, full conversation over there. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and he just kept, <laughs> kept going on. But um, I was like, oh, my God. And then my brother, who hears better than I do, um, said that I guess because I could hear them arguing about something, but I couldn't tell what it was. Apparently, they were cutting him off. I don't know how you drink so much that you get cut off at a Sunday show. Whoa. But he was angry about it, and he was telling them, I paid way too much for VIP tickets. And uh, and by the way, speaking of that, I was disappointed that – so in the past, and almost every comedy club is like this, they have tables of four. If you go with one or two or three people, you are sitting with other people, other people. at a table. Yeah. You and me away. You can right. shake hands, hug, kiss, yeah. whatever you want to do with people you don't know at all. You're I'm in, I'm in for all three of those I things. know you are. I'm not, but I have been forced to sit with, with I people I thought you were going to say you've time. been forced to do one of those three things with people. <laughs> no, no. Um, but anyway, so but I went and bought tickets on, on Liberty Funny Bones website and everything. And number one, the ticket buying experience was not good because – now every place I've ever bought tickets, they send you a confirmation email. Yep. And there's an, a link to the tickets or a PDF file or whatever. They apparently don't do that anymore. You are you go on the website, you buy the tickets, whatever the screen pops up that says you've paid for your tickets or this is the confirmation. You're supposed to like screenshot that on your phone or print it out from there. They don't send you an email anymore. Oh jeez! I'm like, and I I tried to figure it out, and I felt like an old dumb guy. They're and not stuff. they're not like saving paper by not email. What are you saving? Five G? What are you doing, <laughs> yeah. man? Are you serious? They're That's <laughs> the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Send me an email. They need to add some RAM to that yeah. computer yeah, or something. What kind of memory gig are you working with over there in 1964? <laughs> anyway, that was kind of. That was frustrating, and then I ended up calling them, and I was like, what am I supposed to do here? I'm confused. and Because uh, it would have been easier if I bought them on my phone. I could screenshot it easy yeah. enough, you but I bought them computer. on my computer. So I'm like, well, I don't I, have a printer, yo. At the time, my printer wasn't working, and that, that was the problem. Is that, so I called, is that that's so, oh, my gosh. Does anyone in this world have a printer that works? <laughs> I know. No Why one does. does Every time you ever go somewhere, and you're like, man, I really got to print something. Hey, man, you got a printer? Yeah, but it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> What do you mean it don't work, man? Why you even got it? Go get a new one. They're like $18 for a printer now. It costs more for the ink than it does for the printer. It sure does. Um, no, it's it's working now. I don't know how, but it is. Um, but at the time, it wasn't. Anyway, I was frustrated with that. But then um, you could buy, I think because of COVID or whatever, they were selling two seat they they do they didn't sell individual tickets they so sold you bought a four person table or a two person table oh that's cool that's great i bought a two person table they sat us at a four person table with two people we didn't know when i got there hmm. anyway mark norman was great i enjoyed the show i was happy with it as a matter of fact the two people that there was a guy and i guess his girlfriend or something sitting across from us at this table and um before the show started uh she got up and went to the bathroom or something and he uh, he looks over at it. He's like, 
I don't know if you guys like basketball, but I'm watching this until the show starts. And he turns the the his phone on the table so that we can watch it with him. Oh, the, that's awesome. The uh, Duke-Michigan State game. Yes. I was like, hey, this guy's all right. Okay. I, I lucked out here. Um, so anyway, that was cool. Uh, but the person behind me was bad. And then the middle guy was, wow, that was going on. He was in the middle of a joke. And this lady yelled out, you told that one at Go Bananas. Yelled at the guy for telling the same joke that he told at another comedy club. You think these guys, does she think these people go from club to club and have new material every single night? That's exactly what I said. That's exactly what he said. <laughs> he's like, he's like, what? What are you talking? He, he was, he was mad. I would have been he irritated really too. I, that was so dumb, man. The crowd was not cool at the show. I felt that's what you get for going out to Liberty Center. That sucks, dude. Liberty Center, dude. dude they're so stuck up. Oh man, I ain't going out there. That's too. No, I'm not doing it. Did, did, they, did they ever reopen the the one in uh, Newport? Newport? No. No, I think that moved out there. I think they moved that one there, I think. But oh, gotcha. so many comedians I've heard talk about it, and Mark Norman again talked about it, about how far away the Liberty Funny Bone is from actual Cincinnati. Like, mm-hmm. people don't yeah. know. He's like, I don't know whether to call this Cincinnati or Liberty. I don't know what Liberty is. I don't know. You know, he's like, he's like it's, it's two and a half hours away from the city. You know, he was like. And and then the and then of course the airport that they fly into is even further oh, south. That's than, you know that's the one that you hear all the time coming into Cincy. People that never been here come here very few. Oh, you fly into Kentucky to get a and it's the Cincinnati airport. I'm like yeah, and I it's guess. it's far enough down. It's you know what maybe fifteen minutes from the airport into Cincinnati yeah. into downtown Cincinnati, and then another whatever forty or whatever up to yeah. Liberty thirty or whatever up. It's to Liberty. at least thirty five. Yeah, minimum. So it's it's a pretty good drive away. <laughs> so I've heard a bunch of comedians talk about that, and Mark Norman definitely did. Um, but I am looking forward to seeing if he has anything about – so he does with Joe List every week, Tuesdays with Stories is his podcast yep. with him, and it's about the experience they've had on the road the last week or whatever. Oh, now, they awesome. they like record ahead of time and stuff like that, and, and they don't record like on Monday when they get back. Right, and then right. It's like – so if he talks about it, it might be next week or the week after or something yeah. like that. But uh, I'm interested to see if he – I'm definitely going to listen and see if he says anything about the Cincinnati experience. i will be good. But he was he did say something like, yeah, it's so exciting here. Uh, it's so much to do. And like, he was like making fun of <laughs> yeah. like, that there's nothing to do. Just like Joe Burrow thinks there's nothing. And Joe Burrow doesn't need anything to do. He, bring, he gets <laughs> guys together. Trouble. He gets guys together at his house. This is so great. Did you hear the story, Joe Burrow? He, I think I heard part of it. Uh, one of I, one of these recruits, you know, he reaches out to him and and he says, "Hey man, let's you know, get the wife, come on over to the house or the girlfriend, whatever." And they didn't go to the club. They didn't go, you know, to some bar and eat and make. No, he brought them to his house. Like this is my family. This is my girl. You know, this is his wife. This is his wife. This is his girlfriend. You know, this is family. We're here for business, man. This ain't no party. Obviously, because it's not a party town, but it's, a, it's not a party that we're here on business, mm-hmm. and and I kind of like that, man. Let's go. I, I'm loving Joe Burrow every single day. I'm loving what the Bengals are doing. We'll talk about that 
Maybe we'll talk about it. I don't know. I've never been excited about the Bengals this much before in my entire life. You're so wearing the shirt, buddy. I know it. I know it. I even got a Bengals Who Day shirt on today. Nobody can tell, but that's all right. My fault again. <laughs> all right, man. Uh, that sounds good. So so next week uh, we've got NCAA tournament. We've got um, – we'll be able to at least talk – well, we probably won't, but uh, if – Oh, no. Well, we could talk about Sean Miller. We could hold off on that. We'll see how that goes. His press conference is supposed to be this weekend. Right. It's this weekend. The game's on Tuesday, Monday, yeah, Tuesday. So, we'll see how that whole thing goes. Um, Then we've got John F. O'Donnell, Mm -hmm. Manic Depressive Chocolate Fountain Operator. Correct. So stoked about that one. (laughs) So stoked. And, of course, the Mount Rushmore Juices. Of course. Adam, until next week, my man, don't forget to turn your headlights on.